Thank you, Father, for giving me this time to share the Word of God with you. And before I do that, I just want to give you the background where I come from. I came from Sudan, uh, not South Sudan, actually, in the diocese called Kadugli, in the Nuba Mountains. The Nuba Mountains there have rich and long history. They are the people of Kush, which is written in the Bible, Genesis chapter 2, verse 13. The people of Kush were the people under the Egypt, that's Ethiopia and Sudan. Before the British colonized Sudan, that was the land of Kush. The Nuba Mountains, we have many tribes. We have over 50 languages in my diocese. So when I go to diocese today, to church to church, always we translate. We use Arabic in our services, our Bibles, our books, of hymns, and all things. We speak English only when we come to a place where people speak English. <laughs> and my children are speaking English better than me. I came to the office for a long time ago. I have 13 years as a bishop. I was the youngest bishop in the whole world. I was 31 when I was consecrated. I got clear voice and message from God calling me for the ministry. And when I came to the diocese, there was a lot of problems. You know, the government of Sudan is Muslims, and we Christians, we are minority. And when British left Sudan, left the political leadership and economic in the hands of the Arabs. You know, the Arabs immigrated from Jazeera Arabia, and they become Sudanese citizens in fifth century. So they dominated everything, the black, we are the black, and therefore, and South Sudan for many years. We have a lot of resources in our land, but it's not, we are not benefiting from anything. They draw the pipe from Nuba Mountains to draw the oil to the north. Our Christians are not allowed to become minister or governors. And when you ask anything, then you are called, you are a rebel. These many tribes, the government use the method of divide and rule. And when I came to the office, I got a lot of division among the people. I was trying to bring them together. Many of them, they were reconciled but in that process, I was really working like against the government because the government want people to be divided. So they supported me, and uh, the president, he sent somebody to me. He asked that if I can call him 200 pastors. He wanted to talk to them in his rally. 
in becoming president. When I said, no, the church cannot do that, then they counted me as rebel. I'm not obeying the government. And they said, we're going to apply Sharia law because South Sudan is left. So in Khartoum now, there's a lot of persecution. Many churches, Episcopal churches, were demolished, and libraries, Christian libraries were burned. About 12 schools are closed. The church is going difficulties. And in my region, the Nuba Mountains, the government is bombing the people. When I was there, last time we bombed by 29 bombs in a day. The government did not allow the international organizations to give aid to the people. UN is not there, Christian aid, any organization is not there because the government is not allowing them. We count our area as rebel areas. So my, divide, my diocese is divided into two other parties under the government of Sudan. I cannot go there. And that's, they were, it was my headquarter. And the other part is under the rebels, and this is where I can go. This is where I can go. We have many Christians there. There is no food. Medicine is not there. We raise some money at the time to buy medicine and salt because all the roads are closed. And every time I go there. Last May, two of my churches was burned down by the, the bomb was dropped from the Antinov and it burned two churches completely. Maybe I have some videos. Maybe another time I will share it with you. So the church is passing through difficulties. And I'm planning to go there next month for one month to go and see the people. I'm here doing the peace studies because our country needs peace. I've been invited by African Union many times to Addis to negotiate the peace between the government of Sudan and the rebels. But we have reached the deadlock. And really, we need your prayers for our people. I think the peace is the only way. I'm facing difficulties of school fees. You remember me in your prayers as well. The only thing, good thing in Sudan is the church. I've been in the office for 13 years, but this year we have many people coming to the church. The church is strong. Even though it's going through the persecutions, but it's strong. I remember last year, there was no rain. People prayed and rain came. I confirmed witchcraft. I have the video I will share with you one time. People are coming to the church. We have many tribes that have not joined, but now they are coming. In the confirmation, I confirmed 1,019 people. The church is strong, but they need teaching. Many people are coming to the church, but they need teaching. And the message of today 
is talk, talking about the persecution and is talking about the end of times. If you realize the three readings, it's the most difficult passage to interpret. Because of talking people going to the mountains and the children and the pregnant women not coming down, he's talking difficult things. But I'm going to make it simple. And what is the end times is? And how are we going to interpret this? Especially Revelation and Matthew chapter 24. They are talking about the end times. And they are talking about the stress period where there is a lot of suffering, where there is a lot of persecution and a lot of killing. How are we going to understand that? And how are we going to know, are we in the end of times or are we still waiting? So this is some of the questions I, I will try to answer in my preaching, in my sermon today. I want to define the end of time is the time between the resurrection and ascension of Jesus and his returning or his second returning. So this is the period, if I, I can say that's the time Jesus resurrected and ascended into heaven through here and this is the end of the day. This is the period of end of time. But the period we are talking about now, the Bible says towards the end, which we don't know actually, but towards the end of the second coming, there will be a lot of stress, a lot of persecution, a lot of suffering. But the end of time is started when Jesus ascended to heaven and through is the second time when he's going to return. This is the period. So if we're saying like that, it means we are in the, that period. Because this period, yes, there is a lot of persecution. Starting even with the disciples, after Jesus left, ascended into the heaven, there was some persecution already started. Through the time of apostles until in our time, and I don't know towards the end, I don't know when is that, but it's going to be more persecution. So we are talking about this period. I'm going to concentrate in the book of Daniel. Where he says in this period, God will send Michael, the angel, the prince of the angels, to come and help the beloved people, the true believers. There will be a lot of difficulties, but the angel will stand with the beloved people. If I compare our situation in Nuba Mountains, we are already passing through this persecution. 
In year 2005, there is one Muslim chief. You know, our churches are thatched with grass. He put the bullets into the grass and he lit the fire. So when the fire is consuming the grass, the bullets will explode. And he will not have anything. Everything will be burned because people fear. In a such situation, we still see people are strong. Last year, three bombs fall in the school of the children, but none of them was exploded. For me, I count that it is the angel. That's protecting the people. It is the angel that stands with the true believers. In such a situation, God standing with his people and he will deliver us. The true believers, we have many people here are true believers of God. Through this persecution, how are you going to feel? And many times we think when we pass through difficulties, we draw conclusion that God is not loving us. I think that's not right. God loves us. He sent his only son to die for us. And he is preparing for us now a place in heaven where to go. And he wants us to join him. So this issue of love is finished. You don't draw conclusion when you are having a headache, you have marriage problems, you have financial problems, you say, therefore God is not loving me. No. But the problem, how can you see God through these problems? In the Old Testament, Job passed through some difficult time. His children died. His wealth. But the Bible says he was able to see God. In our economic problems now, in our family problems, even we have problems with our neighborhood. Even sometimes we have problems in the church. How are you seeing God in that? God sometimes allows these difficult times to strengthen our faith. To strengthen our belief. Therefore, in this difficult time where Daniel is encouraging people and he is saying, God will protect us. Even if we are passing through persecution, in the verse 2, he said the believers will resurrect 
So after persecution, we still have hope. Because the death is defeated. It is just a matter of time. It is not completely, but we are already, the death and suffering, all this will be defeated. So those who died will rise again. Since from the Old Testament, Daniel is talking about the resurrection, the life after death. Jesus also in Mark, in the other reading, the, the third reading, also is talking about the resurrection, the life after death. Even though we're going through persecution, through challenges, but this body will go, will have another new life. But if I ask, what people fear death? Many of us, we fear death. Last year when I was in Nuba Mountains, you see the plane is coming, we heard the bombs, I was scared. But until I believe, until I surrender my life, that God, my life is in your hand. We have many reasons we fear death. Sometimes we have many belongings. We have gold, we have cars. That's why we fear death. We have children. We have many things properties. And the one thing also why we fear death, death is not respecting people. Will not allow you to prepare yourself. Maybe you are in a plane going somewhere. Maybe you have small children. The death is not respecting people. That's why people fear death. In Hebrew chapter 9, and that's the main reason why we fear death. Can somebody read us this Hebrew chapter 9, verse 27? Just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment, the sacrifice wants to take away the sins of many that the word judgment. People are said to die, and after that they raise for the judgment. That's why people fear, because they don't know when they face the judgment what will happen. And that's why it's better for you from now to plan for that day. I know we have plans. Some people, in U.S. here, people really like plans. <laughs> you know what you're going to do next week, next month, next year? You have plans. <laughs> but if you're wise enough, you have plans 
after your death. You will plan for your life after death. What will happen? If you're wise enough, you will plan for that. And God is calling us. It's not something difficult. It's not required some work, but it's, it's required faith. That Jesus is giving us the life. We need to accept him as personal savior. If you did not plan for that, I think it's better for you. Pastor is here. Many people, you ask them, what, is, what do I do to have eternal life? What do I do to save after death? You, 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 you put in your calendar, you look for that. You read, meet the pastors, meet the spiritual leaders. They will tell you how to obtain eternal life. Don't just plan for this life in earth here. I want you this year to plan how you get eternal life. How can you accept Jesus Christ? How can you forgive your sins? These all things and God is near. He can answer your prayers. It's not by the work that we do something good and then God will accept us. No. It is by faith. The work come number two. The work we do is number two. After you become alive, spiritually alive in Christ, then what you do is counted. But you cannot go do some good work and say, God, because I have done this, I want to go to heaven. It's not like that. It's by faith and grace. In the verse number three in Daniel's, he says, Those who are wise will shine like brightness and the heavens of those who lead many of righteousness like the stars forever and ever. He said, Those who are wise. At the end of the day, they will be stars. For how long? Forever and ever. Who are those are wise? All the wisdom is coming from God. How can I obtain the wisdom from God? It's from this Bible. When we read this Bible, we'll be wise. And we'll be star. I know many people, they want to star, become star in football, stars in what? In art, star, many stars. But which is the appropriate and the best star? I remember last year I was with George Clooney. Do you know him? I stayed with him two days, and we had a picture, and the picture was the internet. He's a very big star. All people are calling me, Bishop, how did you meet that man? Can you, can you? A lot of noise. Until I know that George Clooney is not somebody. He's just small. He's a very big man. Big star. So to be a big star forever, this is where 
we need to find the right way. When we read the Bible, it is not just normal book. It's the living word. It's the living word. When we read this Bible, you will not remain as the same. It is important really you open this book. And the, the Bible says we eat it. It gives us wisdom. It's the light. It's encouragement. When we are stressed, this is where we get encouragement. The Bible is very important in our life. That's why the devil don't want us to read this book. You can read many books, but this one is very difficult to read. To read it every day is very difficult. Here, 2011, I got a very nice smartphone. Every day I look on the screen. I said, oh, this is good way of reading the Bible. I'm going to download this Bible in this phone. Since I'm looking the screen of the phone every day, I will be able to read the Bible. Believe me, when I download it, they are Arabic and English Bible, but sometimes I go without reading them. The devil will not like you to read this book. Because this book is the sword. If we read Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor, helmet, the belt. These all things for the defense. The only thing you will attack the devil is the Bible. That is the only word. This is the sword where you will attack the Bible, uh, attack the Satan. And we have difficulties now with reading the Bible. I was happy last time when we attended the, um, the studies when uh, our father is really give a good um, teaching about how you read the Bible. This is very important. You can read it and you can study it. That's the best. And nowadays, even the Satan is blinding people. You interpret the Bible. Some people taking the Bible as a, as a human right declaration. You see how many people uh, uh, like what? You see how many democracy? Oh, there are many. Okay, we do this. We have problem with marriage issues. Because many people, they want uh, to have the rights to marry a man or a woman. When there are many, they said, okay, this is good. But my friends, the Bible is not human rights. The system here is different. The system in our government and our society is a democratic system. How many people? Okay, there are 100 or there are 80. Okay, you won. But the Bible is not like that. It is kingdom, system. God says and you have to follow. You don't have, have option how many they 
They want this. No. It's just we hear and we ask God to implement. It's not easy, but God is there to help us. I know in Sudan this is, will be like introduction. <laughs> but I'm not going to do that. Through the Bible, you will be able to lead many people to the eternal life. Through the Bible, you can draw money. It's not only preaching that you disciple people. It is not only teaching and preaching like pastor. But even if you follow this Bible, your life alone, your behavior, your contact will draw many people. Our contact when we follow this book will draw many people to Christ. The last verse is verse number four. He asked the Daniel to roll up and seal the book. And he says, many people will increase wisdom when they read it. So in this difficult time, let us have faith that God will be with the people. In this period of stress and suffering, God will stand with his people. Even if they die, they will have another life. The life which is better. The life which is rich. Let us pray.